I hope you've been enjoying our series on Advent. Advent, of course, is uh, looking forward to the return of Christ or the coming, looking forward to the coming of Christ. And the, the second coming is something that's happening in the future. It's going to be happening uh, in time and space, and Jesus Christ himself will descend from heaven. And we look forward to that day with hope and with peace and with joy, and with love. And of course, we also remember the coming of Christ the first time that we celebrate around Christmas time. And uh, it's just been a a wonderful time in the Word. I'll tell you, I've been strengthened myself. Uh, Two weeks ago, you may remember, I spoke on the subject of hope. And um, I, I just really felt like God blessed each one of us on that. You know, last weekend, my wife and I were away, And so I was listening to Pastor Matt's awesome message on peace from last week. I I missed it here, but it is online. And uh, how many many were here and heard that or listened online? You need to listen to that message on peace. It was very, very encouraging to my heart. He did a great job. Today, I I really believe that this is going to be a great message on the subject of joy. And uh, so today we're going to be talking about that. I just, I love what, what the, the angel said. I, I bring you good news of great joy to all people. Now, this was a very amazing statement for those in Israel who heard it. Those shepherds, all their life they've been taught that Israel is the chosen people and all the Gentiles were lost. They, they referred to them as as dogs and all, all they just had i mean talk about racism it was it was institutionalized in their religion in their uh in their state and in their lifestyle but uh this message that the angels said was revolutionary good news of great joy to all people what a wonderful message around the christmas season and it was all about how Jesus came into the world. And, uh, you know, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son for us. And uh, it's so awesome. And I, I, was, I was thinking about the, uh, the Magi. And as the Magi uh, were, uh, the Magi were uh, traveling, they traveled from what we believe is Persia. And we believe that they were the same sort of group that, that Daniel belonged to hundreds of years prior to that. And you know the story of Daniel, how he was taken captive from Israel into Babylon, and later Persia took over, and he was in the Persian court as well. And uh, he was one of those, uh, ma- well, one of the Magi. And uh, he, he wasn't one that was you know, doing the demonic stuff. He was one that served the Lord God. And, you know, he wrote what he wrote. You know, he wrote the book of Daniel and the writings that he would have had. These magi, we believe, that came to see the child Jesus, these magi would have known about Daniel. They would have known about his prophecies. They probably would have uh, would have known about Balaam's prophecy as well from from earlier days, because Balaam was from around there as well, about the light that would shine. And so they, they saw the star, and they were filled with joy when they saw the star. 
And frankly, I don't understand all about it. it, it a lot of, a lot of the, uh, the things that we believe about this are, are taken as uh, sort of assumptions. But these men came, these people came from the east, and they came and they, they traveled to see Jesus. So they were filled with joy when they saw the star. I was thinking about this and, and how awesome it is and how wonderful it is that Jesus Christ came to this world and how, how new it was. And it was joy to the world. It wasn't just joy to the people of Israel. It was joy to the whole world. Those people, great joy to all people. The, the Magi, they saw the star. They were filled with joy. And even in the book of Acts, it talks about how that... Uh, you know, the Lord gave this command when he said, I've made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad. This was revolutionary. This was good news that the wall was broken down and God was bringing salvation to the whole world. I want to I share with you a, a slide that I, I put together. If you could just go to the next slide. It, you know, outsiders previously had no hope. They were excluded. And even the insiders, they were bound up in a, in a fruitless pursuit of righteousness through the works of the law. And to this day, all humanity is looking within themselves to be right with God, looking within themselves. And you see the hopelessness of these religions and different faiths. And we respect the people, but we don't respect the, uh, the religions because they are hopeless. They are looking at themselves and trying to earn and work their way to right, being right with God. And it's, it's a hopeless, um, fruitless, useless, actually, uh, uh, pursuit. It's only through Jesus Christ that there's any hope at all. It's the good news of great joy to all people that Jesus Christ came to the earth. And we have that scripture from Ecclesiastes there. God has planted eternity in the human heart. And there's a, there's a looking, there's a searching for something. And, and some of the more powerful people in, in the world today are, are looking for truth. They're looking for, for something. It's almost like it's anything but Jesus. There's a spiritual battle on, and even, even doing good things has become a religious activity for so many. And, uh, you know, the, the good news of the gospel, the joy, the joy is more than, oh boy, let's feel good at Christmas. The joy is actually a tangible new understanding of how we can be right with God. That's the joy. The joy is something bigger than our emotion. A new covenant of love through, uh, through Jesus Christ with God the Father. And now we have redemption. Now we have freedom. Now we have hope. Now we have new life. And it's only found through Jesus Christ. What an amazing, revolutionary teaching that all may come. Whosoever will can come. Oh, hallelujah. And I, I've, I've been preparing my heart for this message and preparing my, as, as I was studying, I was, I was looking and as I basically always try to do is, what does the Bible say 
about joy. Because we know what it feels like to feel good and feel joyful and feel happy. And that's what so many people are looking for. But joy is so... It isn't something that we're meant to pursue. It's something that follows us. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And uh, one of the things I, of course, I, I saw, and it has to do with what do we value? We put so much value on the things of this life, and, and as we should, God gave us these things to enjoy. That's, that's one of the places where joy is found in the Scriptures, that God gives us things in this world to enjoy. But the, the pursuit of this world is... It actually, there's, there's so much strife, there's so much spiritual warfare involved. The joy that we actually have is something, really, that is something that we look forward to in heaven. And I, I, I don't want to only live, you know, so heavenly minded on no earthly good and, and pie in the sky by and by, because God's given us things to do in the here and now as well. But I still believe that the, the primary teaching in the scriptures is this new relationship of God with God through Jesus Christ. And it's, it culminates in heaven. It culminates in eternity. And we see these uh, scriptures, just a, a few of them. And I, I, chose a, I chose two in particular I wanted to highlight this morning. First of all, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 20, Jesus sent the disciples out to uh, to cast out demons and preach the gospel. And there was a group of 70 that went out two by two, and he sent them out, and, and they came back, and they were all pumped, you know, because things went well. It was a great mission trip, and there were people that were saved and that there were people that were filled with the Holy Spirit. There were people that were delivered. They even said, you know, we cast out, we cast out demons, Jesus. It was so cool. We loved it. It was great. And Jesus was, was saying, well, you know, that is good. You know, one, one place he says, yeah, I, I saw Satan fall. <laughs> he is defeated. And, and he said something. It, it, it almost, it, it's almost a sort of a spoiler, you know, like, a, a, you know, spoil the party kind of a thing. But he says, listen, you guys, don't rejoice that the evil spirits obey you. Instead, you need to rejoice in that, that your names are written in heaven. Now, I, I do believe it's okay to enjoy things. Jesus did too, and, and he understands that. I mean, he hung around with, with people that, you know, with, with the kids, and they all loved him. He couldn't be too much of a grump. But, you know, here he is. He's trying to take a teachable moment that even in the best of times, where you, the, maybe the things that are most valuable valuable to you, when those things come together and it seems like everything is going great, remember, that's not the main thing. Heaven is the main thing. Your name is written in heaven. And it's about a value. It's about, okay, what do we actually value? What do we put, uh, what, 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 do, what do we value and what do we put our joy in? That's not very well said. You know, it's, it's what's important to us. What's important to us? And remember that this life is a vapor. And when things are going great, it's okay to enjoy that. But remember, rejoice more that your name is written in heaven. Don't forget the main thing. 
The main thing is still the main thing. Joy to the world for all people. For all people, that's the joy. And it has to do with something far bigger than anything that this life has to bring. That's in the good times. What about in the bad times? So he says, Jesus, in John chapter 16, you have sorrow now. You have sorrow now. Well, I thought it was all good news. I thought it was great joy, great news, good news of great joy to all people. Well, you have sorrow now. And there are times when we will have sorrow. There are times when we will not have everything happen the way we like. There will be times of sickness. There will be times of, of poverty. The, you know, we, we like to say, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, of course, you, if you've read that scripture and the scripture around it, you know that it's not only uh, just one of those magic uh, sort of phrases, but Paul says, I can live in poverty and I can live in wealth. I can do all things through Christ. I can live when things aren't going my way because I will see Jesus again. You have sorrow now, but you will rejoice. And he goes on to say, and it's not on the screen, in John 16, 22, no one can rob you of that joy. Come on. How was your week? Well, it matters to me. It really does. But it doesn't really matter in the, in the eternal picture. You may have sorrow now. You, things may have gone great. You know, was it, was it Thursday night when the Canucks won? Won nothing? And then last night they lost. So if you're a Canucks fan, you know, you had a... Well, it was, everything was great on Friday morning. Man, I'll tell you what. We're flying high. And I hope you're not too depressed this morning after the loss last night. Come on, church. No one can rob you of that joy. Joy looks forward to heaven. You will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory. Come on, church. It's it's awesome now. There's good things now. We're blessed beyond measure you know, we're, we're here, you know, I keep saying this, right? The best country in the world. The best province in the best country in the world. The best part of the best province in the best country of the world. Come on, White Rock, South Surrey? <laughs> Come on, church. We're blessed. Anybody have hot water this morning in their house? Hallelujah. Anybody have a coffee or a tea or a orange juice? Come on. So blessed. So blessed. Amen. And the question I have is, is this next slide is joy is in the Holy Spirit. And, and it's where are we looking? And again, people that pursue pleasure may find it, but it will be fleeting. But when we pursue the Holy Spirit, joy is a fruit Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit is alive in us, fruit will come. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, 
if we pursue those things, we may be able to somehow grab it, but that will be our human effort. But if we pursue the life of the Spirit, the Bible says to covet earnestly the things that are spiritual. The things that are spiritual. Covet earnestly. Earnestly desire. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. It's not about getting all the rules right. That's what that refers to. It's, it's not distinguished by all those things. It's distinguished by righteousness, which is through Jesus Christ. Peace, which, which is the relationships, the love of God that is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's, that's where joy comes from. And I believe that we need to have our, our, uh, our spidey senses tuned into the Holy Spirit as opposed to the pleasures of this life. And, you know, I, was, I w- didn't read the article. I was just looking, and there's a Christian article that said, you know, the dangers of, of the, the Christmas movies. And, and I like Christmas movies. I'm going to talk about Christmas movies in a few minutes here. But um, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a danger to the message of, of the warm, fuzzy Christmas season because so, so many people don't have that in their lives. And so when we, when we are, are pursuing these things, we have to remember that it's the presence of God that, is, that brings true joy. And Christmas is about Jesus. <laughs> you know, we Christians, we used to say, Jesus is the reason for the season. Maybe, we said it, maybe you said it this week. But the truth is that the true meaning of Christmas isn't warm, fuzzy feelings of nicety. I may. The true meaning of Christmas is Jesus Christ, and God loved the world so much that he gave. And the gifts are all about modeling that. And it's so hard for us when we, you know, right in the middle of the trying to find a parking place in the mall or the parking lot for winners or wherever we're shopping, you know, and and all the hustle and bustle. (laughs) I don't know who likes hustle and bustle. I I, it's it's not very comfortable actually, and all the lineups and all that. We have to remember that this is about God's gift. It's about God's gift. It maybe seem a little corny to you. I don't know, but that's that's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing all the shopping and 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 all of that. And the, it's because we like to give. It's a it's the giving of God. So. So joy is is about looking someplace into this into the eternity. Joy is seeking after the Holy Spirit, not seeking after fun and pleasure and even joy. We don't seek after joy, we seek after the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit fill us and flood our hearts. And joy is connected also to love. And joy can be people. And when Jesus was on the cross, the Bible says he he had the joy that was set before him, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised its shame. That means he didn't value the shame. Didn't, he didn't say, well, I'm going to die of embarrassment because he had the joy. That's you and me. You and I, we were the joy that was set before Jesus, the redemption of his people. And that's, that's, you know, love so amazing, so divine. 
you know, it, it demands a response from us. But that was that was Jesus' joy. Like we were we we were in his mind when he died on that cross. And of course, Paul talks about that as well. He says, Who is our hope or joy or crown of exaltation? It is is it not even you? in the presence of our Lord Jesus that is coming. You are our glory and our joy. People can be that. Our families, our friends, people that we've brought to Christ, people that we've encouraged and, and, and shared truth with and, and brought into uh, fellowship with God through our influence. That, will, that is something that can bring joy. What's God's motive for giving us commandments? Because he wants to give us joy. And when we love people, we will be influencing them, and they will become our joy. We might not even get it, but at the, on that day, when all the books are opened and judgment comes, we will be told and it will be seen all those seeds of love that you sow in the lives of other people. That will be a big part of your joy at the appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Interesting, John, the apostle, he said, I have no greater joy than this, to hear of my children, and he was referring to people that he had influenced, to hear of my children walking in the truth. Not to take anything away from the fact that when you have your own kids and grandkids and you see them serving the Lord, of course that's a great joy as well. Uh, joy in the middle of trouble. Now this, um, oh, by the way, this word inexpressible joy, I looked at it and I realized, I thought, (laughs) I was talking to uh, Larisha this week who does our our graphics, and and I I told her I I was away the day they took spelling. And um, inexpressible, I, I thought, oh, no, did we, did we spell this wrong? Because it, there's two ways I found out. I just found this out yesterday because uh, I was afraid that, that we had spelled it wrong. But you can spell it with an A or an I. And it actually, it actually has a very sort of razor-edged nuance of difference between them, but they are synonyms. So I was going to be standing up here apologizing for the fact that you know, that we spelled, you know, inexpressible wrong, but we actually didn't. And that was uh, something that my dad always said to me. He says, you know, I've made lots of mistakes, especially when I, you know, I, I thought I was wrong, but I was really right. You know, that was the, that was the mistakes. And so, anyways, but there, there's, this is where in the scriptures it says the words inexpressible joy. And even though you don't see him now, you trust him. And, of course, Peter wrote to people that were suffering under great persecution. They had much to be sad about, but he talks about this inexpressible joy. You trust in him and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy. And, you know, I, I've been blessed. Most of us here have been blessed, and we haven't experienced a lot of uh, jail and torture for our faith that people are struggling with around the world today in so many places. It's just horrible. But what I hear from people, the testimony is, pray for us. They're asking us to pray for them. But I've seen so many reports of how they're still joyful. 
that that must be I I'm I'm convinced it's a special grace of God that comes at that time. I don't need that right now. I'm so grateful for that. Uh, but for those that do suffer under persecution, the, there is a very uh, evident amount of grace that comes in the midst of that, and it's it's something uh, it says glorious, inexpressible joy, which uh, you know God bless them and. God bless us. He's given us joy as well. But I wanted to talk to you from this this James portion here, and I want to share a story uh, with you how it applied in my life. Some of my failures and some of my successes around this scripture and in James chapter one. And I don't have all of the scriptures on the on the screen. If you want to turn in your Bibles, uh, you may and or your your apps. I also want to mention it's a little dimmer in here, and actually I see there's a couple of lights still out, uh, but this is similar to the way it used to always be in the church, and we're trying to figure out how to get the lighting just right, and frankly, this, this building is getting very tired. <laughs> and so if you're finding it dark and you can't read, you can just look on the screen and you can listen. But it says in James chapter 1, it says, Dear sisters and brothers, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And uh, it's interesting because at the time when trouble comes, that is the time when we really need to hear that. And if you're like me, you don't want to hear that. I just like to be a little miserable here for a little while, and I'll... I'll figure it out later. But it's when troubles come, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And, uh, you know, last week we uh, had our grandkids and we, we went to um, Great Wolf Lodge, it's called. It's in the States and it's this great big hotel with an indoor water park. It's just so awesome. Uh, but one of our grandkids, especially, he and I, we just have this this relationship that sometimes gets into the crazy cycle. If you don't know what the crazy cycle is, it's just that, you know, you know, one person responds to the other person, which sparks another response in that person, and it just kind of goes around and around and around, and somebody's got to get off, or else it's just never going to stop. Well, by God's grace, you know, I think it's fairly true that I'm usually the one that eventually gets off first, um, as, as that's my perspective. I don't know if it's ever his perspective. I, I, I don't know. But anyways, I, I, I just really needed to hear this last week instead of this week. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you more about it. In a minute. So, and he says, this is, this is how, this is why he's rationalizing, giving you an explanation, because it just seems so crazy. Consider it an opportunity for joy. Well, thanks. Well, here's why. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Oh, yeah. That's, listen, don't pray for endurance or patience, okay? Because this is what, this is how God answers the prayer. Trouble. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, uh, well, I can look forward to that. You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Amen. 
Then he goes on to say, now verse 5, this verse is quoted so often, and I believe it's true that just, you know, you pray for God for wisdom in any situation, and, you know, he'll give you wisdom. I, I believe that, however, this particular scripture is talking particularly about when you're in the midst of trouble, you ask God for wisdom. And frankly, it took me a while, but I did it. I'll tell you more about that. And you know, it was really wonderful because it's true. Our generous God, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. And he will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Don't waver for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. So my grandson and I were bumping heads, and, uh, you know, we were in this awesome place with all these water slides, and it was a lot of fun. And, and uh, we just, from, you know, not like every minute, but we had our moments, unfortunately. Um, and, and so I woke up, I think it was Monday morning, I woke up and, um, at 5.30 in the morning, and maybe one of the kids woke me up or whatever, I don't even know what it was, because we were in this hotel room to get all together. It was awesome. Uh, and I'm praying, and I'm saying, Lord, and I'm, I'm just thinking, my, my heart is, is to help him understand life and, you know, how to grow up and trying to train him and teach him some, some really good things. But what I was doing wasn't working all the time the way I wanted it to. Let me just say it that way. And the Lord, listen, you can, you can tell me I'm wrong, okay? Feel free to do so, not now, but later. <laughs> but the Lord brought a scene from one of my favorite Christmas movies, It's a Wonderful Life. Have you, have you ever seen It's a Wonderful Life? Okay, so a few of you have. If you haven't, you've got to see it. It's an old movie, and uh, I'm going to show you a clip about that right now. And it's, it's the... This is this, this, the main character. His name is George Bailey, and it's giving part of the backstory to his life. And, and he had uh, rescued his brother, actually, in a, in a frozen pond, and he lost the hearing in one of his ears, and that was for the rest of his life. And so he had a, one deaf ear, which is important if you want to get this scene that you're going to hear in a moment. Okay, and so are we ready to roll that right now? Okay, let's let's roll it. Wish I had a million dollars. Hot dog. It's me, Mr. Gower, George Bailey. You all right? Yes, sir. Hello, George. Hello, Mary. Hello, Violet. Two cents worth of shoelaces? She was here first. I'm still thinking. Shoelaces? Please, Georgie. I like him. You like every boy. What's wrong with that? Here you are. Help me down? Help you down? Made up your mind yet? I'll take chocolate. With coconuts? I don't like coconuts. 
You don't like coconuts. Say, Brainless, don't you know where coconuts come from? Look at here. From Tahiti, the Fiji Islands, the Coral Sea. A new magazine. I never saw it before. Of course you never. Only us explorers can get it. I've been nominated for membership in the National Geographic Society. Is this the year you can't hear on? George Bailey, I'll love you till the day I die. I'm going out exploring someday. You watch. And I'm going to have a couple of harems and maybe three or four wives. Wait and see. Spoiler alert, he marries that girl. Um, any, anyways, so that line where the, the little girl says to George Bailey, I'm going to love you till the day I die. And you know, later that morning, I started. And about three or four times, maybe five times during that, that day, I said, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? And he says, I'm talking about my grandson here. And, and he says, what? I say, I'm going to love you till the day I die. And the first time I said it, I, I was quite uh, taken, I think. He, he looked at me and he says, I didn't know that. And I thought, wow, what a failure. I mean, I don't mean I'm a failure. But what a, what a miscommunication, right? But by, but by the end of the trip, I think it was the second, the second last day I started, by the end of the trip, he, he looked at me and he smiled. He says, I know. Now, of course, the, the kid brother, who's five, they call me Gogo. That's another whole story. And the, the kid brother, who doesn't, didn't get it, he says, Gogo's going to die. <laughs> But you know what I did? I, I actually obeyed the Bible. When I needed wisdom, I prayed, and I got wisdom. And so when this kid was irritating me, instead of telling him to change, which he should have, sometimes being right is really overrated, you know. I said to him, you know what? I'm going to love you till the day I die. Just kind of takes the hot atmosphere down about 14 notches. Now, you can do that if you want. You can borrow that. that that's wisdom from God. But whatever it is that we need in the moment, it doesn't have to be some major, you know, I came back from our time away with this great revelation that's going to revolutionize the world. But I got a revelation from God how to make a difference in my family. I'm so grateful. And, you know, I can, I can enjoy that. You know, I can take joy. I can take joy because I'm learning. I'm, I'm growing in my faith. I'm growing in my patience. Sometimes I didn't actually do it right. I didn't like. I'm not saying I executed that perfectly. Of trouble, amen. Now I'm just about done here, and I, there's just one more sort of nuance of of teaching here about joy, and that's taken from the scriptures because there's another word, and 
And sometimes the way joy is used, it's used the same way as I'm going to talk about with the word rejoicing. And there, there is this nuance of difference between joy and rejoicing because joy is like a feeling that follows our beliefs. It follows our hope. It follows even our, our knowledge that we're pleasing God. It follows a lot of different things. But rejoicing is something... Again, we don't pursue rejoicing. It's something that we actually just do. We rejoice in things. And, for example, I, I, I rejoice in my grandsons. And the one that I was referring to, he doesn't always understand. But I love him. And I, I train him because I love him. But, it, like I say, it wasn't working. But the point is, is that I take joy. I, I rejoice in those. I rejoice in my wonderful wife. I rejoice in my other kids. And, and like I say, my, I rejoice in you. Like, I, I am so glad. I am so blessed to be part of your lives in something. And we can choose what we're going to value. We can choose what we're going to value. And the scriptures are full of commandments to rejoice. It's not like, don't worry, be happy. It is something far deeper than that. And this, the Rome, book of Romans says, rejoicing in hope. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice. That's a, that's a choice. Don't be jealous. Rejoice. Their good favor and their good fortune doesn't take anything away from you and me. <laughs> they get blessed. I can still be happy for them. It doesn't make me less or more. It just, I'm, you know what? You always feel a little better when you can do that. Don't chase the feeling. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Dear brothers and sisters, <laughs> Paul says at the end of 2 Corinthians, I close my letter with these last words. Rejoice. <laughs> Rejoice grow to maturity, encourage each other. So, so here is another place in the Word where it says to rejoice. And I always think of that uh, scripture in Philippians chapter 4, and whenever I, I read that or think about it, I think about where Paul was when he wrote this. He was in a Roman prison. You know, it was a very difficult place in his life, facing the possibility, the likelihood actually, of facing the lions. And he, the Bible says he was delivered from those lions at this particular time. Uh, but still, he said to the Philippian people, he said, rejoice in the Lord. Always. And I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. And it's something that we choose to do. And it's not about how do I feel. Taking a thermometer, you know, I feel happy so I can rejoice. No, it's actually, I'm going to rejoice in the truth. I'm going to rejoice in the good news of great joy to every person. I'm going to rejoice that my name is written in heaven. I'm going to rejoice in these things that never change. And that's when joy follows. I'm going to seek to be filled with the Spirit every day. And that's where the fruit is. Hallelujah. Well, I have three benedictions for you today. I'm not going to read one. Uh, in Romans 15, that's an awesome scripture. I want to read the one in Colossians, and then we're going to stand up, and I'm going to bless you with the one from Jude, if I may. 
But the one in Colossians, it, it's, it's just so rich. I, I know what time it is, and I know that it's at the end of the message. I want to ask you to please receive this. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all of God's glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience that you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Oh, hallelujah. Could we stand together, please? Maybe you're here today and, you know, I just, I just want to give an opportunity. If you're here today and you're thinking, you know what, I haven't, I haven't had any experience with this at all. Maybe you feel like, you know, I, I really need to connect with Jesus and connect with this kind of joy, this kind of hope that's so much bigger than having a good week. If you're here today and you need to connect with God, maybe for the first time, maybe you've been walking your own way so long now, you, you've been wandering, you've been on a spiritual detour, Let's come to Jesus here today and let him fill our hearts with good things. I'm going to pray a prayer of dedication, and whether it's for your first time or whether it's, uh, it's just you just really need to take a fresh start at this. Maybe you can relate to this prayer. You can just... Uh, Follow along in your own heart and pray this prayer along with me. Dear Jesus, I come to you with, with a heart that is hungry and looking for something more in my life. And I want to thank you that you died on the cross for me. I thank you that you came that Christmas so long ago and lived that kind of a life and taught us so many good things. Then you died, but you rose again. I believe that. And I want to come to you right now. I want to turn away from the way I've been living. I want to turn away from my old habits, my own ways, my own ideas, and I want to turn to you. That's what repentance means. I want to repent and I want to follow Jesus. And so here today, Lord, I ask you to come into my life and make me new from the inside out. Restore me. Bring me back to you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, after the service, we're going to have coffee and we'll be tearing down. But while that's all going on, we have people that will pray with you at the front. And if you prayed that prayer or you'd like other prayer for something else, why don't you come and, and receive personal prayer? And if you prayed that prayer, we want to know about it. You can talk to me if you can find me at the coffee or wherever I'm going to be. Uh, 
or you can talk to the people at the front that are praying for others, okay? Now, I'm going to share this last scripture, and I just love this scripture, it's, and I want you to receive this as a blessing as we close today. It says, Now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory and majesty, power and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for being here today. It's a good day. Hallelujah.